0: Good morning and welcome. Thank you guys for making the effort to get here this morning a little harder, right? (laughs) Will you stand with us? Let's sing and ask the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do.
1: You guys can be seated. Good morning, Kavanaugh Church family. How's everyone doing? I don't think that song could have said it any better. We just want God to come into this place today. We be ready for him to do whatever he wants to do this morning. Amen? Amen. And we truly believe that. We believe that the Lord's presence is here and that we as His people are ready. And we are so excited. We pray for you guys every single day. Pray for you guys as you go throughout your week doing all the things that you do. I just know that. We have a staff that prays for you. We love you you and we care for you. But we we also pray for what happens in this room. And we pray for a lot. We pray for that lives are changed, people are refreshed and renewed and encouraged, and that they are sparked with a hope to be able to take the light of truth and take it out to this world and share the gospel, because the world needs Jesus, and what better group of people to do it Than us here at Kavanaugh Church. So I hope you're ready today. I hope you're ready because God is going to move in this place. If you're a first-time guest, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're so glad that you're here, and we would love to get to know you and your family and tell you all about our church. So if you could, there's a little Connect card in the chair back in front of you. Um, If you could fill that out, um, and then right after service, take it to the, these back doors, and there's a little uh, welcome center there, and we would be able love to tell you about our church. Got a little gift for you, uh, a little mug, some things in there, and a Chick-fil-A gift card, all right? Can't do better than that, all right? But we love you guys, and uh, I'm going to ask you all to stand up right now, and we're going to ask God's blessing on our services today. It's good to see you all. Let's pray together. Lord, um, thank you so much again for... Um, this place that we call home in our church, God. Thank You so much for the body of Christ that is here. God, we love that You are ours, and um, we just are so thankful for what You've done through Your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank You for calling us Your own. So, Lord, today, move in this place. And as Brother Will uh, brings the message, God, thank you so much for the time that you've, give, you've had with him in preparing this word. Uh, be with him as he boldly preaches the word, of God, and help our hearts to be receptive for what you want us to hear today, God. We're so thankful for our church family in this moment. Help us to take full advantage of it. Receive all praise and honor and glory from us in your name. Amen. Greet those around you, and we'll get started in just a second.
0: Is beautiful and wonderful and powerful. We adore you and we praise you this morning. We thank you that your name is all we need. You're everything, Father God. You're wonderful, you're Counselor, you're mighty God, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Father, I thank you for your spirit I feel here in our midst. Your power that is so rich, power to forgive our sins and to save our souls, to save us from death and hell and the grave. You have defeated all of that, Father God. Your power is here to meet every need this morning. If we just open our hearts, help us, Father, to open our hearts to you to hear what you're saying to us this morning and anoint Brother Will and give him the words that we need to hear, Father, and help us to receive these words. And just to act upon them as you would have us to. I'm so thankful for you and your spirit and your beautiful name. I ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus.
2: Thank you, Miss Angie and the praise team. Give them a big hand, man. I appreciate them so much and their hard work. And uh, it's good to be home. Wow. I went out to Arizona and uh, I got a lot more than I intended to get. I got sick and uh, it ended up kind of being a, a rough trip back home. But thank God for home. Ain't no place like home, Ronnie Fox, and I'm so glad to be back with you at Kavanaugh Church. I wanna thank our staff for filling in while I was gone. Devin preached, Brother Nathan preached, Brother Jason preached. Give these guys a big hand. They do a great job and I appreciate them so much. We're in a series on, on spiritual gifts and we're learning about the gifts of the spirit and how we can implement them in our own lives and in the church. And last time I talked to you two weeks ago, I, I talked about unwrapping your spiritual gift. And, and I want to continue that theme of that motif today as we talk about unwrapping spiritual gifts. When I walked into the room, I prayed and said, God, who, who is the lucky person who gets to help me with this opening illustration? And it was, it was instant. God said, have Tiny come up on stage Hayden, Hayden, come on up here, buddy. Hayden, I didn't talk to Hayden beforehand. He doesn't know that he's been picked for this. But I love Hayden Cantrell, don't you? Give Hayden a big hand. I call him, I call him tiny, and I think you're going to be able to see why I call him tiny. He, he's really not tiny. I've known Hayden most of his life. I guess, I guess Hayden and my son Zane became friends maybe in third grade, wasn't it? Third grade, second, third grade. They started playing football together, Wes. They were both drafted for the uh, Greenwood Pit Bulls white team. And I think Mike Whitson was the coach. And, uh, and from third grade all the way through high school, your senior year, uh, Zane and, and Hayden played for, for Greenwood together. And Hayden, it's no lie, I'm not making this up, Hayden was one of the greatest linemen in Greenwood history. He really was. He was awesome. I, I loved it when they called the beef package in and they gave him the ball and uh, he just knocked people over. Here's, here's Hayden's only problem playing football. He could have he gone on and played D1 football if he would have wanted to, maybe even play professional football, but Hayden's biggest problem, he's too nice. <laughs> Hayden is just too nice of a guy. I can remember, Wes, I can remember Coach Sims yelling at your son saying, Hayden, get mean! Get mean! But it's just not in Hayden's heart to get me. Hayden Hayden would plow people over and then pick them up apologizing "Did I hurt you. But let me tell you, that's what, Camilla, that's what I appreciate about your son so much. He is a gentle giant. He's one of a kind. He's my buddy, Hayden Cantrell. Give him a big hand. Appreciate Hayden. Hayden, Hayden is a graduate student at UCA, and I know how tough it is on... On students, I know you're. You know, you can always use a little cash, can't you? So, there's there's a choice you're gonna to have to make this morning, Hayden. <laughs> got a choice here. This this is for real. It's a five dollar bill. Okay, it, five dollars don't buy you much anymore, does it? <laughs> it's not that great of incentive, but this came out of my own pocket, so you can you you can either have. You can't pick right now. I want you to think about this. You can either have. This $5 bill, which is a for sure thing, or you can have what is in this beautifully, isn't that beautifully wrapped? You're probably thinking, Brother Will, did you do that?
3: I'm thinking Angie
2: did. Well, you're.
3: <laughs> no
2: offense. He, he, he's also smart, all right? Very, but listen, listen. Can you hear? There's something in there. Okay, so it's not just an empty box. I guarantee you there's something in here. It could be of greater value than the $5 or of lesser value, but you won't know unless you pick it and then open it, okay? So we need some audience participation. He's going to have to think about this for 30 minutes while I preach. So help him as he thinks. How many of you in the audience, if you were up here in Hayden's shoes, would pick the $5 bill? Come on, help me. Would you pick it, yes or no? I hear a lot of negative out there. How many of you would pick this beautifully wrapped boxed gift that I have? (laughs) Hayden, I don't know what you're going to do, but if you go sit down, you got 30 minutes to think about it, all right? (laughs) And y'all don't let me forget to call Hayden back up here because he is going to have to make a choice. And again, I'll let you help him at the end to do that. We are talking about spiritual gifts We're talking about the gifts from God. In fact, if you remember two weeks ago when I preached, I talked to you about the gifts of God. God has given us four gifts. If you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the moment you, Freddie, the moment you bowed down on your knees and invited Jesus into your heart, God started giving you gifts. Isn't he a good God? And the very first gift he gives you is one that you really don't deserve. It's forgiveness. Forgiveness. He takes all the sin of our past, Jason, and puts it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to hold it against you again. Isn't that a great gift? All the guilt can be gone. Now, in order to receive this forgiveness, you must repent of your sins. You must believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the only way of salvation. You must ask him into your heart and believe that he is your Savior. But if you do that and you pray the prayer, you get the gift of forgiveness. The second gift that you get is eternal life. The moment you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, God writes your name in the Lamb's book of life. That's a real book, Kenan. It's it's talked about in the book of Revelation. It's a real book in heaven. And when you receive Jesus as your savior, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You may say, well, preacher, why is that a big deal? It's a big deal because on the day of judgment, when you stand before God, God is going to have you give an account of your life. And he is gonna call for the book to be open. That book is the Lamb's book of life. And if your name is written in the book, meaning that you have received Jesus as your savior, you get heaven for eternity. Now, I don't have time to talk to you about heaven. That would take 14 weeks, all right? A 14-week series on heaven. We're not gonna start it today, but let me just surmise it to say, you would much rather spend eternity in heaven than in hell. So what a wonderful gift. You get the gift of forgiveness. You get the gift of eternal life. And number three, when you invite Jesus into your heart, you receive the Holy Spirit. Now, we serve a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the great three in one. And the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is this. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit moves into your life. You, you literally have God living inside of you through His Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't just walk along beside you or behind you or in front of you. He's inside of you. And He helps you in all kinds of ways. He helps you to think right. He helps you to understand the Word of God when you read it. The Bible says when we pray, He makes intercession for us, so He helps us pray. He convicts us when we make bad decisions or do wrong things. He is God living inside of us. The power of God in you. What a gift. So, when you receive Jesus as Savior, you receive the gift of forgiveness, the gift of eternal life, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives you a gift spiritual gifts. As soon as you were saved, right there, at that moment you received Jesus, not only did you receive forgiveness, eternal life, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gave you a gift, a spiritual gift. And he wants you to use that gift in the church to make the church all it can be for the kingdom of God. We're going to read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's what Paul says about your spiritual gifts. There are diversity of gifts. We're going to list the gifts this morning. There's all different kinds of gifts. But get this, it is the same Spirit who gives those gifts. There are differences of ministries. We have bucket loads of ministries here at Kavanaugh Church. But it's the same Lord orchestrating all of these ministries. And there are diversities of activities but it is the same God who works all in all. And then I love verse number seven. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, okay? The manifestation of the Spirit, that gift that is used in public in the church, it's given to everyone. You have at least one spiritual gift given by God. And it is manifested when you use that gift But what is it for? It's for the profit of all. It's for the profit of us. So, listen, listen, look at me, look at me. If you're using your gift in this church, everybody benefits, everybody benefits. But if you're not using your gift in this church, we're all getting cheated. Because we don't have your gift being used. It's for the profit of all of us. Believe it or not, when you come to discover and unwrap your unique spiritual gift that God has given you, it is one of the most exhilarating and fulfilling things that you can do in your life. Why? Because the light comes on and you say, this is what I was made to do. I'm of value. I i am of importance. God needs me in his family in the body of christ it will open up new realms of service for you 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 will start doing things that you didn't think you were able to do but with his spirit and his power you will be able to do those things and that brings satisfaction to your life you see god didn't give you his spirit just to make you happy And, and it seems like living in this modern world that's all we're concerned about Momentary happiness, am am, am I happy? God, are you making me happy? Well, God didn't give you his spirit just to make you happy. God gave you his spirit to make you holy. You think about it, who is the spirit of God? He is the Holy Spirit. He's holy and his main purpose in your life is to make you holy. Why is that important? The Bible says without holiness, none of us will see God. So you must become a holy person. The Holy Spirit enables you to do that. He was given to you so that you could be a holy person, but also a helpful person in the kingdom of God. This morning, I want to help you unwrap your spiritual gift. So you need to see four things from our passage. The first is this, spiritual gifts are given by grace. You have the gift you are given simply by the grace of God. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same spirit. Th- that word that is used for gifts has at its root the word for grace. And man, I love the word grace, don't you? Th- these gifts are not badges of superior righteousness. No, these gifts, just like our salvation, are gifts given by God's grace. These gifts are handed down by God. They're not worked up by men. And I've been in some church services where people have tried to work up the gifts of God. You can't work up the gifts of God. You can't buy the gifts of God. You can't earn the gifts of God. They're handed down. And verse four also says that there are different kinds of gifts. In fact, the Bible teaches that God by His Spirit gives various attributes and abilities the moment we are saved. And then he places us within a local congregation, a church just like Kavanaugh Church, so that we can use these abilities and attributes to edify the church, to build up the church. What does it say in Romans chapter 12, verse 6? We have different gifts according to the what? What? The grace given to us. And all these gifts come by grace from the same Spirit. It, it has nothing to do with human merit. The Spirit determines who gets what gifts. And I'm not making that up. If you'll go home and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the same chapter, verse 11, it tells us specifically that the Holy Spirit determines what gift you're going to get. God knows you. He made you. He he has a gift for you, and the Holy Spirit determines the gift you get. So no one can think that they have been marked out for special status because of their gift. Some of the gifts are more visible than others, but you know what? They're all equal because they're all essential. In your C-group studies, you've, you've been told and you've read that you can... Put these gifts into two different categories, serving gifts and speaking gifts. And and I think they fit into that broad spectrum of categories. Sometimes we look at these speaking gifts, these out front gifts, and think they are more important than a gift of helps or a gift of service. I'm here to tell you they're not. They're all equally important. Among the gifts that are listed in a handful of New Testament passages, we have the following, and I'm going to throw these gifts up on the board and read them. I I may comment about a few of them, but in four New Testament passages, we have all of these gifts that are gifts of the Spirit. And listen, you have at least one of these. One is the gift of administration. Thank God for people in our church who can organize things because some of us don't have that gift. And you know what, if, if you were all like me and did not have this gift of administration, we, we'd just be running around in circles, like chickens with our heads cut off, right? So thank God for those people who can organize and, and put things together and, and, and do flow charts and, and have different ministries assigned to different people at different time slots. God bless you for doing that because I can't do that. Others have the gift of giving. Now, I want to stop and just say this because it, it covers all these gifts. If you read these gifts, you, you kind of got to get the impression, well, you know what, I, I, I need to be a giver. I need to help organize. I need to help discern. I need to help do this, that, and the other. And, and while we all do these things as believers, some of you are specifically gifted to do them in a deeper way than the rest of us. For example, giving. We all should be givers. We should give our time, our talents, our treasures. That's required of me as a steward. But there are those in this church who have this gift of giving. And it is incredible because you know what? The person who has this gift of giving, they, they, they just are prompted by the Spirit and they give, not grudgingly or of necessity, and they do it with a cheerful spirit. And when they do it, the people who receive the giving, whether it's of time or talent or treasure, they are blessed in an innumerable way because the Spirit of God has used this gift through a believer to bless somebody else. Thank God for those who have the gift of giving. Discernment. I know you're thinking, oh, my lens. He's going to talk about every one of these and we're going to be here past lunch. I missed an hour's sleep last night. And I need to go home and catch up. I'm going to quit talking about them here in a minute and just keep listing them. But I want to say something about this spirit of discernment. Jason, I'm thankful we have people in our church who have been blessed with the gift of discernment. We need this gift actively involved in the church now more than at any other time. Because there are deceiving spirits in our world today. I believe there is demon possession in our world today, just like there was in the days of Jesus. As as I've been staying abreast and aware of these revivals that have been sparking on college campuses, and I'm so thankful for that. Aren't you? Started at Asbury, it spread to many other campuses. But but what I'm seeing is this phenomena of those within those revivals having a spirit of discernment and seeing spiritual oppression and those possessed by demons and calling people out on it and and people being freed from demon possession. And and even though it may not manifest itself today as in the days of Jesus with people living in caves and cutting themselves and going crazy, let me tell you, demon possession is still a real thing today. And I think the way we're seeing it is, is, is in the the crazy way our world is thinking. I mean, it is twisted. Pe- people are taking truth and twisting it and, and making it say things that are not true. And, and, and I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but just, just for a very simple application that is so real in our world today, for, for girls to identify as boys and for boys to want to identify as girls, And compete against girls in their their own sports. I mean, you know, what? forgive me, and I'm a long ways away from the pulpit when I use this word, that's just crazy thinking. It's wrong thinking. It's demonic thinking. And so we need people in our church with this spiritual gift of discernment to say to the rest of us, you know what, even though this is culturally accepted and even though the media has approved it, We don't need to believe it. We don't need to be thinking that way or talking that way. You don't need to be reading that or listening to that or going to those movies. You don't need to be participating in that because it's wrong. Bottom line, it is wrong. Thank God that we have people with the spirit of discernment that can tell us that. There are others who have the, the spiritual gift of helps. Thank God for you, because can I tell you, I need help. I need help. Those who have the spiritual gift of evangelism, or encouragement, or faith, or hospitality, or knowledge, or leadership, or mercy, or pastor, teacher, or prophecy, or service, or teaching, or wisdom. Are, are, then there are those mysterious gifts here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, described as tongues, and healings, and miracles. There are other gifts that I have not mentioned. One gift that you can only use one time is the, the gift of martyrdom, to be a martyr. You can only use it once, and you've used that gift up. The bottom line is this. All of these are gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit, and they're given by the grace of God. You don't deserve them, you can't earn them, you can't buy them, you can't work them up. God looked down at our church and said, you know what, we need people in this church that can do this, that, and the other. And so he has gifted you to do that. Thank God for his grace. But there's more spiritual gifts are by grace and number two, they're for service. Verse number five says, there are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. The spiritual gifts are intended to be used in a Christ-like spirit of servanthood. That word ministries in verse 5 means service. It is the word from which we get our English word deacon from. And it simply means to serve. I really think Jesus said it best. Mark chapter 10 verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So when I see a spiritual leader or somebody in the church, and all they're wanting is the applause of people and the approval of people and people to serve them and wait on them, I'm thinking to myself, that, that's really not the model of Jesus from the gospel because Jesus did not come to have other people serve him. Jesus came to serve. And that is the purpose of spiritual gifts. God gives each of us a spiritual gift, and those gifts are used in a variety of different ministries. A person with the spiritual gift of teaching may use that teaching gift in a variety of different ministries. And let me just pause right here and say this. Just because someone is an educator, they're a college professor or a high school teacher or or a mentor or something like that doesn't necessarily mean they have the spiritual gift of teaching they may do that as a profession but maybe god has not given them that spiritual gift of teaching do do you know how you can tell if a person has that gift of teaching there is this divine dynamic that happens as that teacher is teaching the word of god it comes alive to you and all of a sudden, it, it, you understand the Word of God, and it's as if God is speaking that directly into your hearts. That's because that person, that teacher, has the gift of teaching. And I'll tell you what, we've got some great teachers at Kavanaugh Church. I could, I could pick a bunch of you to use as this illustration right here, but, but let, me, let me just pick one that, that uh, stands out to me. Miss Barbara. Raise your hand, Miss Miss Barbara. This lady right here has the gift of teaching. It's all over you, girl. I'm telling you what God God gifted you to teach children. And as you you and Billy came about the same time Angie and I did about 25 years ago and soon after you came you you shared with us your passion of teaching and you've been teaching the the Wednesday night little kids class what ages 3 through 5 for 25 years, and can I tell you something, it, it, raise your hand if you have been in Miss Barbara's class as a little kid, raise your hand, okay, let me tell you, she has made an impact on your life, hasn't she? Little, little kids love Miss Barbara, I've got a four-year-old granddaughter in her class, she loves Wednesday nights because she loves going to Miss Barbara's class, and you know what, she learns something about God in there because Miss Barbara has the gift of teaching. Miss Barbara, I love this, she still uses flannel grass. Those haven't been popular for years, but you know what? You can use them like a master teacher and the lesson comes alive for those kids and they get it. Why? Because she has the gift of teaching. Isn't that amazing? Thank God for Miss Barbara and many others like her. A person with the gift of evangelist may use it in a variety of ministries. I I know I've I've got a cowboy preacher friend who who I just spent some time with in in, uh, Phoenix, Arizona at the world championship. Uh, He's an evangelist, lives in in South Carolina, travels the world as an evangelist. He has ministries in, in, in Puerto Rico. He has ministries in Cuba, in Vietnam, and he goes as an evangelist. And you know what, a lot of his ministry is is preaching. You you think of an evangelist, you think of a preacher preaching to to masses like Billy Graham did. Well, he has that kind of a ministry, but most of his ministry is one-on-one evangelism. And you know what, I, I am to be an evangelist. I am to be a witness for Christ, and so are you. But some of you have this special gift of God and it just comes natural to you to be an evangelist. A person with the gift of administration might use it organizing a ministry in a homeless shelter or organizing the finances of a church. Remember 1 Peter 4.10, we used it two weeks ago. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. So you you need not forget that the reason you're given this gift is for a loving ministry within the church. These gifts are not for your own gratification. They are for church edification. And when this is ignored, you know what? All kinds of confusion sets in. All kinds of problems emerge. If you read the book of 1 Corinthians, this was a messed up church. They had all kinds of internal conflicts and and problems and infightings going on. And I believe one of the reasons they had these fights going on inside their church is because they misunderstood spiritual gifts. Thus Paul spent three chapters talking to them about gifts. They are given for service. They are given by God's grace. And number three, they are given with power. Verse six, there are different kinds of working, but... The same God works all of them in all men. The spiritual gifts are a result of God's powerful working in a person's life. And they result in God's powerfully working through us into the lives of other people. This is all power. Do you see that phrase? It is the same God who works all in all. That word works means energy, it means power. God provides the spiritual gifts and the power and the faith to exercise those gifts. Everything God does, He does in a powerful way. When He saves you, it is powerfully done. There is a total transformation that takes place. The old has gone. The new has begun. We become new creations in Jesus Christ. And at the same time, there is that power of the Holy Spirit that comes into your life. And the Holy Spirit powerfully gifts you with the supernatural gifts. Now, let me say this. There are varieties of effects. People using the same spiritual gift are not going to have the same results or the same quantity of fruit. Why? Because God is working sovereignly. God, God is working In everybody's lives in different ways. A spiritual gift is not just the desire that you have. It's also an ability. God gives you this desire to minister to people in a particular way. And he makes it effective in the lives of others. When you use the gift God has given you and this divine dynamic takes place. And is transferred into the life of somebody else. It blesses that other person. I don't think you got that, so let me just say it like this. When you use your gift, other people get blessed. Are you with me? Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So you see there are differing gifts that operate in a variety of places of service and with a wide range of results. And when I am rightly related to the Holy Spirit of God, when I am not resisting the Spirit of God, when I am not quenching the Spirit of God, when I am not grieving the Spirit of God, but I'm walking with the Spirit of God and being filled with the Spirit of God, something supernatural takes place. God has so filled my life and uses me in such a supernatural way that it becomes a blessing to you. And that's how transformation takes place. God changes your life through the lives of other people. He ordained it that way. God God could have chosen any way he wanted to, to build his kingdom, but he chose to build his kingdom through people like you and me, through ordinary folks like us, who have been saved and set free from our sins, who have been gifted by the Holy Spirit, and then we use our spiritual gift to bless the body of Christ. Let me show you how this works. There, there are certain people in our church who have the gift of wisdom. Wisdom is a spiritual gift, and uh, again, I've been here 25 years. Through that entire time, there have there have always been a handful of people that that... I think God's given me a a spirit of discernment to a certain degree. I've been able to discern the people in this church who have this gift of wisdom. And and so when when I am faced with a perplexing situation or a direction that that we need to go as a church and there are multiple options, I've always gone to these people of wisdom and kind of laid it before them and said, hey, would would you pray with me about this so that we can discern the will of God and you know what, after they've prayed about it and God's spoken to them about it, they'll come back and, and talk to me about it. And you know what, it just seems so crystal clear. Why? Because they are using their gift of wisdom. Now, I, I could name these people, but I don't want you badgering them. I will use one that's no longer with us. Oh, Charlie Wagner. Anybody remember Brother Charlie? What, what a man of prayer. He had that gift of intercession, but he also had the gift of of wisdom. And on multiple occasions, I would call Brother Charlie or go by and ask him, Charlie, I really need help knowing what to do here. Would you pray with me? And he would take it serious. He he would go before the throne of grace. And he'd say, well, preacher, let's pray right now before you leave. And let's ask God to give us wisdom. And and he'd pray about it. And, you know, he'd always come back and say, preacher, this this is what God has has given to me. And you know what? It becomes so clear. So sometimes, sometimes Charlie would give me wisdom without even knowing he was giving me wisdom. He just had the gift of wisdom. Like that old commercial, when E.F. Hutton speaks, <laughs> people listen. Yeah. But you know, here's the end result that I want to get to. Because of his spiritual gift of wisdom, it blessed my life. And it blessed the ministry of this church. what What if Charlie didn't use that wisdom for God? What if Charlie just kept his mouth shut and said, no, preacher, you just figure it out on your own? We'd all been in big trouble. But through the power of God, he used his gift of wisdom. There's more, the spiritual gifts are by grace for service with power. And finally, number four, they are given to every believer. Look at verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Here's another way to describe spiritual gifts. It's that they are a manifestation of the Spirit of God. They reveal the Holy Spirit of Almighty God whenever those gifts are in operation? They're not hidden, they're manifest. How do I know if you're truly saved? Well, you bear fruits. You use your gift and God manifests that publicly, openly, and the body of Christ is strengthened The Spirit of God is manifested. And it says right here, it is for the profit of all of us. Our gifts build up others so that they can use their gifts more effectively. Did you get that? When you use your gift, it helps me use my gift. Properly used, your gift helps build the church, the kingdom of God. And you know what? Every one of us has at least one gift. Everybody raise your finger for one. We're not going on until you all do this, kids. Come on. All right? We all have at least one gift. Some of you have multiple gifts, but understand this. No believer possesses all the gifts. No one Christian has all of these gifts. But every believer is to use their gift in at least one ministry of the church. And that ministry is to be the place where that gift becomes the outflow of God's power into the lives of other people. So, so hear, hear what I'm saying. When you use your gift, everybody in this church gets blessed. Say, say thank you. Thank you for using your gift. But here's the flip side of that. If you never unwrap your gift if you've never figured out what it is and you're not using your gift, the rest of us get cheated. Thank you. Not. So why in the world do we take this seriously? Three reasons, really quick. Number one, unwrapping your spiritual gift helps you discover your unique purpose in life. The light switch comes on, you say, God, this is why you made me. This is why I'm in this church. These are the people I can help and bless. Because you know what, you are important. You are special. You are unique, you are gifted. And when you understand your spiritual gift, it just helps you discover the special person you really are. Number two, understanding spiritual gifts help you appreciate other people i think the source of conflict in many churches is that we want everybody to be just like we are we want everybody to be passionate about what we're passionate about we want everybody to be fully in on what we're fully in on but what a mess that would be because if we were all a hand how in the world would we walk If we were all eyes, how in the world could we hear? And when you understand that, you know what? We're all different, but we're all needed. We've all been gifted differently, but all of those gifts are needed for the church to be what it is. You know what? You're going to appreciate other people a whole lot more. And then finally, using your spiritual gifts strengthens the church. Kavanaugh Church will never reach its potential Until every one of you has discovered your spiritual gift, you've unwrapped it, and you're using it. It's not just the pastor or the staff or a few committed Christians. It takes everybody. You know, God brought me here 25 years ago with the goal to see a thousand people worship here every weekend. The only way that's going to happen is if you understand your spiritual gift and you get busy using it. That's the way a church grows. That's how a church becomes healthy. When you unwrap your gift and put it to work. Tiny, come back up here. Y'all help Hayden come back up here. Give him a big hand. He's a big guy. You've been thinking about it for 30 minutes, Hayden. And I'm going to ask the people to help us again. If you would like to see Hayden take this $5 bill, let him hear it right now. Would you, you, you think, would you take the $5 bill? Seven of you, seven of you. That was generous, wasn't it, Jason? Because you think three. How many of y'all think Hayden ought to take this beautifully wrapped gift with whatever is it? Come on, come on, really? Come on, come on. I think I need Vanna Angie up here helping me with this. It would make things a lot better. Well, Hayden, it's really the decision is yours, buddy. I mean, their, their opinion doesn't matter at this point. It's just all on you, my friend. What, what are you going to pick? Yeah, I knew you would, man. So unwrap it right there. Just tear into it. Do it. There you go. I love that, man. I picked a lady in the first service, Mary Rogers, and she very delicately unwrapped it. She was, she was saving the bow and everything. Hayden, you don't care. What's in there, buddy? Show everybody. It's a 10 spot, <laughs> Many doubled his money. <clears throat> but here's the deal, my friend, you would have never doubled it had you not unwrapped the gift. And here's the cool part, because I love you so much, I'm giving you the five too. <laughs> man, man, man. Wes, well, you can't have any of this. it's all your boy y'all give hayden a big hand for helping us this morning (laughs) here's my point some of you have spiritual gifts that you've never unwrapped you 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 don't know what's in that box because you never unwrapped it some of you that five dollar bill That, for me, represents your natural ability. You've been taking the $5 bill because that's what's natural to you. you. You know what those gifts and abilities and talents are. You've been living off those natural abilities. You've never unwrapped the spiritual gift God has given you, so you've never reached your full potential. But you know what? Double the blessings when you do. Triple the blessings when you open that gift. If you've never opened your gift, never unwrapped your gift, you're really not impacting the kingdom of God in the church like you should because you haven't yielded to God's Spirit, because you're doing things that you're not equipped to do or understand to do. Maybe it's because something like sin has, has blocked God's power from flowing through you to other people. And we need to get that right today. Here, here's what you need to do, it's very simple, it's not complicated at all. What you need to do today is say yes to God. That's not hard, is it? Say yes with me. Yes. And again, not everybody said it, so say it with me on three. One, two, three. Yes. You can do that, you can say yes. And, and that's what God is wanting from you today. To to come down to this altar and say, yes, God, I I know that you've given me a gift. Maybe I don't fully understand what that gift is yet, but I'm saying yes to you, Lord. I'm going to unwrap it, I'm going to discover it, and I'm going to use it. Will you say yes to God? I'm going to ask that you bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe, Maybe this morning you've never said yes to that initial gift God wants to give you salvation maybe you've never been forgiven maybe maybe your name is not written in the lamb's book of life as i described at the first of this message maybe the holy spirit is not living in you and no you can't use a spiritual gift because you've not been given one yet so today why don't you say yes to the most important gift yes to jesus It's not hard to do that. You you simply confess your sins and invite Jesus into your heart. In fact, we'll help you do that this morning. And for the rest of us who are believers, let's let's come today and just just make that decision. Yes, Lord, I want to start using my gift for you. And I commit that to you. I'm saying yes to you today, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus, to come and with united hearts say yes to doing your will in our life for those who need to be saved i pray that they would come today lord and say yes to the gift of forgiveness we ask all of this in jesus name amen would you stand as the praise team sings why don't you come and pray come and say yes to god Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. What a wonderful name the name of Jesus is. And at the name of Jesus, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We do that today. We confess Jesus is Lord. And, Jesus, we want to say yes to being used by you and the Holy Spirit. Help us to unwrap our gifts. Help us to get involved in a ministry. Help us to do our part to make Kavanaugh Church the church you've called us to be. Lord, for those struggling with life problems or with a sin or a habit, I pray, dear Lord, that they would find an answer today through the Holy Spirit. Dear Jesus, bless each one who is here. Help us to be a light for you in a dark, dark world. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you be seated just for a moment? Thank you for being here today. Remember to get involved in a C group. Those will be meeting throughout the week. We have information right out this door at the information table about all of our C groups. If you're a guest, please fill out that guest card. Take it to the Connect counter out this door for a wonderful gift. When you walk out the door, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. We have church Wednesday night for all ages. Uh, Monday, tomorrow, Naomi's friends are going to meet for lunch. Uh, See Chris Ewing for more information about that. Prime timers are going to have lunch this Thursday at 1130. Our ladies' video study goes all the way back to Christmas, Continued to get canceled. It is going to meet this Thursday night at 6 p.m., so ladies come from that. How many of y'all have been wanting a new directory? A church directory with faces and phone numbers and stuff like that, so you figure out who's in our church. You know what the crazy thing is, sometimes people in the first service will come to the second service, or people in the second service go to the first, and they, they discover people that they didn't even know went to this church. Well, I didn't know you went to this. how long you've been coming here? Twelve years. How about you? <laughs> So a new directory is is really, really needed. In order for that to be successful for the next three Sundays before church and after church, we're going to be taking family photos out in our lobby. So, you know, dress accordingly, uh, either this next Sunday or for the following three Sundays, make sure your picture and your family's picture is taken and that we have all the current information concerning you and your family. All right. You are loved. God loves you. Our staff loves you. I love you. Have a great day. Stay out of trouble.